Well, thank you, choirs. That was wonderful. Thank you. In 1996, I was a 15-year-old high school student. And my good friend, David, had his driver's license. He was about a year older than I was. And a great expression of freedom was for him to come and pick me up and for us to go to the movies unaccompanied by adults. And so we did. We were on our own. We were independent. And we saw movies, great movies like Twister and Air Force One. And we gravitated towards these action-adventure movies. And so when we saw previews for a new blockbuster featuring scenes of war, we knew here was another one we needed to see. And so these two 15, 16-year-old boys arrived at the theater. We purchased our tickets. We got our popcorn and refreshments. And running a little behind, quietly settled into our seats. And, and for the next 60 minutes, we're utterly lost. <laughs> then excruciatingly bored. And finally... Confused but relieved as the credits suddenly popped up on the screen. And we learned three things that day. First, The English Patient is not an action movie. <laughs> the English Patient is not, in fact, an hour long. And sometimes a movie is shown in more than one theater at the same venue at the same time. And jumping right into the middle of a movie is awfully confusing. So be sure to enter the right one. You know, if we were to jump in today to the scripture, it would be a little bit like jumping into the middle of the movie. If you read the passage from Genesis this week, then, then you saw that we find Jacob here in Genesis 22 or 32 uh, wrestling with a mysterious figure by a river, winning, receiving a new name, Israel, a blessing, and a limp. But there is far more going on around the story. And so before jumping into today's passage from Scripture, let's remember a little bit about who Jacob is. Jacob is one of the two sons of Isaac. There were Jacob and Esau, and, and they were twins. Esau was born first, and, and Jacob second, holding on to the heel of his brother. Jacob's name literally means to, to grab at the heel or to supplant or one who claws or tricks. Jacob's name does not have a positive connotation. Esau is the firstborn of the two, meaning that Esau was to be the favored son, the son intended to receive the birthright and the blessing. And in the ancient Near East, this historically included carrying on the father's name and managing the family estate, providing for minors in the family, providing a dowry for unmarried sisters, paying for his parents' burial and mourning ceremonies. And so perhaps to help defray the cost of these responsibilities, another privilege was a double share of the family's inheritance. 
And so fast forward in the story, and, and Jacob, the one who supplants, the one who tricks, manages to outwit both his brother Esau and his father Isaac and secures both the birthright and the blessing for himself. A birthright and blessing that should have been Esau's now belong to Jacob, the one who grabs at the heel, the one who supplants, the one who tricks. And so Esau swears that he will kill Jacob for what he's done. And so Jacob is ferried away to safety to live with his mother's brother Laban, where he spends the next 20 years of his life. There he marries, he has children, he builds wealth. And although Jacob is finding success in all of the ways that we would likely define them even today, Jacob cannot shake the sense that he has done something unjust to his brother Esau. In fact, he yearns for reconciliation. Have you ever experienced that? Some wrong that you have committed that just sticks with you. It, it eats away at you, this, this thing that you have never redressed. We are each created in the image of a just and loving God. And so a desire for justice resides here in our hearts. And when we leave something undone, when we don't make amends, it eats away at us. We find ourselves wrestling with this thing. And this is not a bad thing, although it can feel that way at night when you can't sleep because of the thing that is gnawing at you. It's not a bad thing, but rather evidence that each of us were created in the image of a loving, merciful, and just God. And this sense, it, it extends not simply to the sense of our own brokenness, but, but also to the way we perceive the brokenness in the world around us. It's what motivates us to, to write injustices that we find in the world. It's why the lyrics of For Everyone Born resonate with something deep inside us. It's why these images draw us in. It's, it's what motivates a church to build houses alongside Habitat for Humanity. It's why we find ourselves trying to figure out how we might help those suffering from Ian. It's that sense that that drives some of our high school students to, to start a ministry like Socktober, collecting socks for the homeless. Have you brought your socks in yet? It's this sense that there, there is something not right in the world and we need to do something about it. And so Jacob decides to, to do something. Jacob decides it's time to reconcile with Esau, to make things right. But he's petrified because Esau is going to kill him. And so Jacob sends messengers ahead to Esau 
He sends messengers ahead to Esau to tell him that his, that his brother is coming. He said, that, that I am coming. And he tells these messengers, he says, tell Esau that, that I'm going to be bringing with me oxen and donkeys and gifts of sheep and servants, hoping to ease Esau's anger. And so the messengers go and they deliver this message and return to tell Jacob, Esau is already on his way with 400 men. Well, Jacob interprets that exactly as I think I would and perhaps you would. Esau is bringing an assault. Esau is coming to settle the score. And so this, right here, in that moment when Jacob receives this news is where we pick up the story. Our text today comes from Genesis chapter 32, beginning at verse 22. That same night, he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left undone and alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket. And Jacob's hip was was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. And so Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. And the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The details of our story this morning are a bit blurry and unclear. Who is it exactly that Jacob is wrestling with? Is it a man? Or is it a god of some kind? Scholars have suggested numerous possibilities over the years. A phantom. Or perhaps the the spirit of Esau that haunts Jacob. Or or perhaps this is simply describing a, a fervent prayer experience that Jacob is having in this restless night. Martin Luther has even suggested that it was Jesus Christ himself wrestling with Jacob. But perhaps getting wrapped around the axle on on the identity of Jacob's opponent or some of these other details misses the simple point that is in the wrestling where blessing is found. This was a pivotal moment in the life of Jacob and in the story of the people of Israel. Jacob was never the same again. He was physically and spiritually changed. He was both wounded and blessed 
by this encounter. As you reflect on your own lives, what have been those crucial events? Those moments that have left you changed. Changed physically, spiritually, emotionally. What are those moments when you have been blessed? What are those moments when you have been wounded? Was it ever both? How do we know? Kintsuji is the Japanese art of repairing broken vessels. When a, when a piece of pottery is broken, rather than discarding it, it, it's glued back together. But not in the way that you might imagine. This past week, our son Luke, who we affectionately call Luke the Destroyer, because he's just at an age where he's got two speeds, on and off. The ability to be gentle just isn't there yet. And so Luke broke a figurine that Hannah loves. And I was asked to fix it. And so I did, to the best of my ability, purchasing crazy glue from the store and carefully applying it to the surfaces of the break, holding the two pieces together, trying to make sure that I don't glue my fingers to the piece. And I'm proud to say that, that there is little evidence that my boy ever had an encounter with this unsuspecting figurine now. And all is right in our world. This is not Kintsuji. You see, Kintsuji employs a technique of mending these areas of breakage with a lacquer that is dusted or mixed typically with powdered gold, silver, or platinum. And thus the area of breakage, these cracks, are not minimized, but rather magnified. Kintsuji treats the breakage and repair of the broken vessel as a part of the history of the object rather than something to disguise or avoid. In many ways, they become the beautiful thing that distinguishes this vessel from all other vessels, these seams of precious metal where the breakage had occurred. Broken vessels changed forever, made beautiful, made blessed. And so, where is God calling you to wrestle, that you might be made beautiful, that you might be made blessed. Perhaps it's in the reconciliation of a relationship. Perhaps there is a, a habit that you've been hanging on to that God is telling you to let go of. Maybe you feel stuck in a job. Where do you need to wrestle? Each fall, we encourage members to estimate their giving for the following year. This estimate of giving, as Pam shared, is how we encourage members into the spiritual discipline of planning 
what to give. And this process for each of us ought to feel like wrestling. Talking about finances is generally an uncomfortable experience. Do you find yourselves squirming a little bit? That's okay. Because this is an opportunity to ask, what is that feeling about? Why does this conversation make me uncomfortable? And and perhaps you've never done something like this before, an estimate of giving, and this is quite frankly an opportunity to to be intentional, intentional, excuse me, about your giving in the same way that you might be intentional about allocating your other resources, like using a calendar to determine how it is you're going to spend your resource of time. The process of determining what to give grants us the opportunity to be intentionally generous. And we want you to use this estimate of giving season as an opportunity to consider not simply what you're going to give to the church, but what will all of your charitable giving look like in 2023? What will you give to the church and what will you give to other causes? Perhaps you give to the arts here in our community. Perhaps you give to some of our ministry partners like Habitat for Humanity or Hope South Florida. Perhaps you're a part of another organization that relies on giving. What if we learned to be a community of people that were intentionally, on purpose, generous? Friends, the gift that we have planned for, it's far more exciting and joy-filled to give than the one we pick up on the way to the party. But this process, it ought to feel like wrestling. And if it didn't or doesn't, I want to encourage you to go deeper this year because I believe that you'll be surprised by the joy you experience, the blessing you will experience on the other side of this exercise in seeking to be intentionally and not accidentally generous. How might this kind of wrestling change us? What is the blessing that Jacob finds in his wrestling? He finds a new name and identity He goes from Jacob, the one who grabs by the heel, the one who supplants, the one who tricks, to Israel, the one who is triumphant with God. And it is in the wrestling that Jacob uncovers a blessing of grace, release from that which has gnawed at him, from that which has been eating away at him. Immediately following Jacob's wrestling encounter, we read this. And Jacob raised his eyes and saw. And look, Esau was coming. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell upon his neck and kissed him and they wept. Esau was not coming to assault but with grace. Friends, in your own season of wrestling, may you uncover a blessing of grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Amen.